August 31st, 1888, Whitechapel, London. The overcrowded, dark streets of London's West End was crawling with prostitution, addiction, and poverty. This is where the infamous murderer Jack the Ripper made his appearance. He killed at least five female prostitutes. Never captured, his identity is one of England's most infamous unsolved mysteries. Hello and welcome to Reading the Room. My name is Adam West, and this is a psychic exploration. You can't have a psychic exploration without psychics, so please welcome, help me welcome Pam. Hello, Pam. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Adam. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. And joined as always by Kate. Hello, Kate. Hello. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you so much. Uh, I know you guys are busting at the seams about this one well this is do 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 jack the ripper and so i think when i was a kid um about seven years old my neighbors showed me a book about jack the ripper and that's when i became very interested in the situation um, <laughs> deeply psychologically scarred at seven years old <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know but um then like I always had interest in this and I always like, I'm, I'm not going to go as far as to say I was a ripperologist, like some people are out there, but I will say this. I was always very curious and um, Kate and I went to the Jack the Ripper Museum in London. Sure did. What was that like? Tell me about it. Creepy. <laughs> Whitechapel it creepy. Is, is still very creepy. Just, you know, despite it not being 1888 anymore. And when we went in there, the museum is actually a mortuary, or it used to be a mortuary where they had the bodies of the Jack the Ripper victims. So we went in there and we're like, okay, like we're going to go in the elevator. And then the elevator kept getting stuck. And then the doors kept opening and closing and opening and closing. <laughs> it was really Oh, creepy. no. Kate was pretty freaked out. And we thought that we were like probably also victims of Jack the Ripper, probably just victims of inconvenience. But <laughs> I was like, I'm taking the stairs. I'm not doing this elevator crap. I'm out. This place yeah. is creepy. We were the only people in there. Oh, yeah. Man. But it was cool. So like listeners totally go to the Jack the Ripper Museum in Whitechapel. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Just don't take yeah. the elevator. Yeah, and of course they still have the walking tours and stuff. Um, we went when we were in the mortuary. Um, like Kitty had, like Kay had said that it was originally like a mortuary where the where, where the victims had been sent. So it it was pretty spine tingling. But the other thing that I really that really took me by surprise is the thing that I really took home was how poor people were during that time in Whitechapel. And um, they say that uh, only 50% of the babies that were born 
made it to adulthood. Like that's that's really high, fifty percent. Yeah, and that's yeah, not a lot of babies, right? And they had um, there were so many people impoverished, and so many women who didn't have. Um, some of the women had a husband who died, or some of the women never got married. Different things, but um, a lot of the women had to turn to prostitution out of desperation, and they were living. Um, day by day. And so um, a lot of the women who um, were targeted, they didn't have a place to sleep. They never knew where they were going to sleep or if they were going to have enough money to sleep. Um, what are the some of the other options if you couldn't get like a bed were that they had coffins that you could sleep in, wouldn't wouldn't like coffins. And then the last really hard up um, sleeping place you can go was where they had a line, a clothesline. You could sit down and hang on the line and sleep. And then in the morning, they would, some of the people stood up, but they would cut the line and everybody would fall over. It was where the term hangover came from. That's so interesting. Just turn a corner and there's just like 40 people hanging from yeah. lines. I would just sleep, <laughs> sleep. on the ground. <laughs> well, that seems so uncomfortable. It does, doesn't it? You can't sleep on the ground. There's there's people falling in the ground, <laughs> falling like stars in the morning. It was really, yeah, the whole thing is really sad. Um, the, um, uh, you know, they just, there are lines of people who, you know, would try to get a, a, a free breakfast. There was always, there was so much, um, there was so much poverty. It was, it was really a shame. So. That's what I brought home from the Jack the Ripper Museum. I guess less about Jack and more about, oh my gosh, how horrible would it be to live like that? And they would have like a regular room, like a regular bedroom, and they would have multiple people sleeping in there, like 10, 15 people. And they showed a lot of pictures of this at the Jack the Ripper Museum. So not only is it a um, museum about Jack the Ripper, but it talks about the times and it shows like what an average person's room looked like, but average as in somebody who had money so it was pretty neat so i'm gonna get right into this and talk about august 31st 1888 and talk about marianne nichols she went by the name polly and um most of these ladies were like um, in their forties, and they had had hard lives, so they weren't, um, you know, beautiful prostitutes, probably like they were in the movies. Um, but um, like I said, there was a lot of people who were just trying to figure out how to live, and she didn't ha have enough money for her DOS house, which is like boarding room, and so she asked the landlord. Uh, while she was leaving, um, I'll soon get my DOS money. I'll be back. Hold my room. And she was really in a good mood. And she said, see what a jolly bonnet I've got now? Because somehow or another, she had a brand new bonnet. Um, so she went out. Um, and she was found in a doorway in Bucks Row at 3.40 a.m. Her throat was slashed and she was mutilated. And that was the first victim. One down. Yep. So the second victim was Annie Chapman, and she was in need of lodging money, 
and left her lodging house on September 8th after 2 a.m. to procure funds. She was last seen with a dark-haired man at 5.30 a.m. She was found deceased shortly thereafter. Her throat had been slashed, and she was mutilated. So, uh, I guess my question for our number one Jack the Ripper researcher, Mm -hmm. Pam, when they say mutilated, they talked about, I watched the documentary, they were talking about disembowelment, is that right? Where they take people. Yeah, yeah, disembowelment. And sometimes he would take organs. um, So he would... He would do different things different times, so it was never exactly the same thing every time. I want to tell you really quickly, Annie Chapman, um, if he was going to get a fight from anyone, so I feel like he kind of snuck up on them, and that's how he was able to, like, slash their throats, and then they didn't have much of a of um, of a chance after that. Um, but she was called Dark Annie because she used to actually fight a lot. In fact, she had gotten in a fight... Um, the week prior to this with her, with one of the other, uh, the girl she shared a room with, with one of the other tenants at the DOS house. And she had a black eye because she took the girl's soap. And so they were fighting over soap. Feisty. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that if anybody could have like been quick on their feet and gotten away from him, it was her. And I feel like this just goes to kind of show like, he was pretty sneaky. Still skill up there. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as these murders had taken place, there was some other murders that had taken place just prior. But um, these these murders that took place are the first that were attributed um, to Jack the Ripper. But there had been a couple murders before this. So there was sort of a panic during this time um, amongst people. And... And they thought that, you know, this was this was very scary to them. But also the newspapers really rubbed things up. So, and speaking of newspapers, um, a letter was brought, sent to um, the, the Central News Agency. And this one is called the Dear Boss letter. Dear Boss, I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I have laughed when they look so clever and talk about being on the right track. That joke about leather apron gave me real fits. I'm down on whores, and I shan't quit ripping them till I do get buckled. Grand work the last job was. I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? I love my work and want to start again. You will soon hear of me with my funny little games. I saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger beer bottle over the last job, to write with but it went thick like glue and i can't use it red ink is fit enough i hope haha the next job i do i shall clip the lady's ears off and send to the police officers just for jollies wouldn't you keep this letter back till i do a bit more work then give it out straight my knife's so nice and sharp i want to get to work right away if i get a chance Good luck, yours truly, Jack the Ripper. Don't mind me giving the trade name. Wasn't good enough to post this before I got all the red ink off my hands. Curse it. No luck yet. They say I'm a doctor now. Ha ha. That ha ha is like LOL. Yeah. I know he murdered people, 
Uh, but he writes letters like an asshole, and that's what I'm going to hold <laughs> yeah. against him the yeah. most. I mean, he murdered people, so he is an asshole. But, I mean, he's worse than that, but, like, um, he really is, seems like he's getting off on this. It reminds me of Dennis Rader, who's also a big freak. I saw it on a documentary that they had found uh, leather aprons and then like the leather apron thing was because when you're a butcher, you wear a leather apron yeah. and you, um, you're cutting up meat all day in the morning. So if you're walking around on the street with a leather apron on, then nobody really thinks it's a big deal if you're like walking around with blood. Yeah. So there was a theory that like maybe he was a butcher because he did cut with, you know how he says, oh, they think I'm a doctor now. The reason that I brought up the fact that, um, he had like disemboweled people is because they thought maybe he had some sort of experience with like uh, maybe he was a surgeon or something because of the precision of like cutting out these organs and stuff like that. Yeah. And a butcher would make sense too. Cause you'd know the anatomy mm. of animals. It makes me wonder if he like had enough money to have his own room because um, he brought back a ginger beer bottle with blood in it to try to write with. So seems like your roommates might notice that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that creepy butcher we live with. Yeah, he's got a ginger beer bottle full of clotty red ink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he keeps saying, ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. You'll never catch me. I'm Jack the Ripper. <laughs> what if this was a fake letter it's just some weirdo who just wrote it because they're like i'm gonna get my jollies off doing you know this. that's funny that you should bring that up because um they did think that that maybe these letters were put out by um newspapers you know to keep things rolling so maybe it wasn't sent into the newspaper maybe it was written by the newspaper it would definitely get people to purchase the newspaper did he ever send a lady's ear to the police? No, he never did. Faker. But he got around he got around to doing other stuff that was probably mm, just as gruesome. So that brings us to the next victim. On September 30th, Elizabeth Stride was seen in the company of a man at a pub. He was short but well-dressed. The man was kissing and hugging Elizabeth so much that the other patrons began saying, Watch out, that's Leather Apron going to get you. Later... A, la- a laborer named William Marshall claimed to see her again at near his residence. She was kissing a middle-aged man who was heard to say to her, you'd say anything but your prayers. At 12.30 a.m., Police Constable Smith spotted Elizabeth with a younger man, approximately 28 years old. They were doing nothing to raise suspicion. At 12.45 a.m., a witness... Israel Schwartz said he saw a man attack a woman and throw her on the footway. There was a second man there and Israel could not tell if both of the men were together. Israel ran home. Later, he identified Elizabeth in the morgue as the woman he saw attacked. Elizabeth had her throat slashed but was not mutilated. It is believed that the Ripper was interrupted and fled the scene. So he he didn't mutilate her. But he was not happy with that situation. So that same night, 
he got a second victim. And the second victim that night was Catherine Eddowes. Everybody seems to like have a nickname or a second name of some type. Um, Catherine Eddowes was um, a young mother and we have a picture of her with at least six of her children here. Um, on September 30th at approximately 8 p.m., Police Constable Robinson and Simons found Catherine Eddowes laying on the ground outside a pub. They asked the crowd outside if anyone knew her and no one answered. They stood her up and she fell back down. They took her back to the station to put her in jail in a jail cell to sleep off her intoxication. She slept until about 12.45 a.m. and uh, when she was released, she walked the opposite way from her boarding house. A witness, Joseph Lawrence, said he saw her speaking to a man. She put her hand on his chest, but not in a, in a way that made it seem like she was being defensive. The man had dark hair, was about 5'7", and Lawrence had the impression that he might be a sailor. At approximately 1.45 a.m., Police Constable Edward Watkins found Catherine Eddowes' body in Mitre Square. Her throat was slashed and she was severely mutilated. So he wasn't able to mutilate Elizabeth Stride, but he couldn't stand for that. So he had to go get another victim. And Catherine Eddowes was extremely mutilated. And he had actually taken some organs with him this time. What's interesting about this night is, is that when the first murder occurred, the police were out and investigating that and there and in, in, within the vicinity. And to get to where he was, and I don't have a map in front of me, but to get from where he was to the next crime scene, he had to have passed police officers to get there. So he was in that vicinity murdering people while the police were like looking. So I just think that that's so creepy. And uh, kind of shocking that he was that confident, like, I'm going to get away with this, even though they're investigating me, like, a couple of blocks away or not that very yeah. far away. I'm just going to do this over here real quick because they're not going to get Not me. only that, she had gotten, she woke up in the jail at 1245 and she was dead by 145. Like, um, he rips pretty quickly. And I see both of these roads that they were on were... Um, were close to the Whitechapel Road East. So they weren't really very far apart at all. That's impressive. Do you think he said ha ha as he walked past the police? Probably. He's like ha 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 ha. Jolly good time. (laughs) (laughs) So um, on October 1st, 1888, the police uh, made the, the Dear Boss letter public. And then on October 6, 1888, the Central News Agency received a letter signed from Jack the Ripper. On October 16, 1888, George Lusk, the president of the Whitechapel Vigilance Committee, received the From Hell postcard and a human kidney. It's believed that this kidney belonged to Catherine Eddowes. <laughs> Here's a postcard. Here's a human kidney. It's disgusting. I was not cotting, dear, old boss, when I gave you the tip. You'll hear about Saucy Jack's work tomorrow. Double event this time. Number one squealed a bit. Couldn't finish straight off. Ha! 
not the time to get years for police. Thanks for keeping last letter back till I got to work again. Jack the Ripper. It sure is plight. That is a sauce. Yeah, yeah. very saucy. This one sounds like it, it might be him. When did this show up? How how far between? Um, this one was the first one. The saucy letter um, was sent to the Central News Agency on October 6th. I don't know. Well, he knew about the double event, though. Yeah, but everybody knew about it. It's the talk of the town. I'm sure of it. They were already worried <laughs> about true. it. They're all living on top of each other. Word on the street. Like, they're all mm-hmm. out there talking That's to each true. other. You know, I mean... It's the 1800s, but people's word still gets around, you know, <laughs> they would be able to figure it out. You know, and I guess um, we have, we're, we're going to include um, this Prezi on the website. And also along with this is that you'll see the actual letters. And so it's kind of interesting to look and see like um, the writing, like he has several spelling errors and um, so I kind of, like, would like to just, like, look from one to the other to see, like, um, if any of them are, have the same kind of handwriting, if they have, if one has a lot more spelling errors than the other one does. But this next one must be from him, though. From hell. Mr. Lusk, sore, I send you half the kidney I took from one woman and was par served it for you tother piece i fried and ate it it was very nice i may send you the bloody knife that took it out if only water a while longer oh wait i fucking i hate this guy so much (laughs) from hell mr lusk sir i send you half the kidney i took from one woman and preserved it from you, tother piece. The other piece, I fried and ate. It was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife that took it out if you only wait a while longer. Sign, catch me when you can, Mr. Lusk. So he's a disgusting cannibal. His 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 spelling's worse than, than eating <laughs> human remains. <laughs> I hate you more because of your spelling. <laughs> Go back to school. I don't care. It's the 1800s. <laughs> Learn to read. Learn to write. So important when you're going to write letters. You think that he knew that his letters would be read uh, like during this day and age? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and we're... Yeah, I think that's why he includes so many ha ha's. LOL. Ha ha. LOL. I done eight or kidneys. Lol. <laughs> Kid, do you want to shout people out? Oh, of course. Uh, I do want to say, I kind of want to mention this earlier. Um, We've been watching our listeners. We see you. We know where you're at. We don't know who you are, and we're not going to track you down because we're not Mm -hmm. creepy. But I do want to say that. (laughs) (laughs) This introduction is off the rails already. (laughs) So sorry. We're looking over our listeners, and we see that about 79% of our listeners are in the United States, but 20% almost is from the United Kingdom. So, hey, guys, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. We see you, UK. This episode is for you. Uh, let us know what you think. Um, thank you, guys. Thanks for tuning yeah, in. Super awesome. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's super rad. Thank you.
Um, if you want to um, rate and review, that's always very helpful for the podcast. Uh, you can hear our link tree if, if you want to see any of the social media. Social media. You can go to our Patreon, hit up uh, some of the fun, new, cool stuff going on there. Uh, you can check out our amazing website. Hey, what's the address w- to the website? live. We love you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much for everything. And as always, bye bye. I was not cutting, coding, cut, cutting. <laughs>